yeah. Uh, welcome, <laughs> welcome to another episode of Mind Your P's and Q's, where we talk about the world, culture, and everything in between. My name is Parker, and this is my buddy Quentin. Hello, everybody. We uh, we have been chatting. I'm sure we'll, when we cut back and start uh, the episode, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll cut that in at some point. Out, yeah, we'll yeah. figure something out. Anyways. Um, yeah, welcome back to another episode, everybody. Uh, Quentin, how, how's things been? How's What's new in your life? What's going on? Quentin is doing very well. Quentin is going on a business trip soon, so Quentin might have to quarantine after this. So Quentin and Parker might not meet up for another week after this. Fortunately for us, we have not, either of us, as far as we know, caught the COVID. Yes. So that's a good thing. I had we, a scare at work, and everybody came up negative. Parker? Uh, yeah, I had a, a couple scares just between uh, people in my life, but uh, nobody I was in direct contact with. But either way, uh, no no positives. Yeah, so that's are. that's good. Nobody still uh, still haven't been too too and, hit yet. Yeah, and uh, peace and love to everybody out there. Everybody, I hope you're doing well. I know these are tough times. For everybody, fortunately, and thank goodness to the powers that be, whomever those powers may be, um, fortunately, Parker and I have been gainfully employed throughout this whole thing, and um, we, I guess we're essential. I don't know. Parker works in transportation. I work in medical. So we've been deemed essential, and uh, occasionally we, we, uh, we touch that line of danger, so to speak. Yeah. But... Uh, but it's affected everybody, and I just hope that everybody, although they may not be as unfortunate as circumstances as us, I hope everybody's doing well. Yeah, I hope you're staying safe and, you know, practicing your social distancing. And If anything, I mean, I, I know there's a lot of people struggling right now financially, socially, but if anything, this is just a great opportunity it, I, I like to look at everything as optimistically as I can, but it's a good opportunity to, I don't know, learn something new. We'll make it through. What are what are good ideas for people to do if they don't have anything to do during quarantine? Like, I mean... Just uh, nothing, absolutely nothing to do? Yeah, I mean, God forbid. I mean, if... You don't have anything to do. I mean, jeez, for months now people have had nothing to do. What are, what are some good ideas for just people to do? Uh... I mean, you you know me. I'm gonna stick with my personal favorite thing to do on my free time, which is woodworking. It's a cool hobby. Um, you can pick it up for. I mean, there's there's ways you can affordably woodwork, which is really cool. Um, you can whittle, right? You can Just whittle. Take a piece of wood and make like a D- DIY is a thing, guys. So, I mean, that's that's gonna be my recommendation. I think making things out of your hands and doing things. Uh, just like home projects and, and things like that are a ton of fun. Uh, that's just my recommendation, personally. I would also say yoga, too. I know that sounds so silly. but No, yoga is <laughs> awesome. Or meditation. Um, if you can get up and walk, you can you can exercise. You can, I mean, you can just look up some videos online and be like, oh, these are some interesting ways to do like just some stretches. Stretching is a form of exercise. Yoga yeah. is a form. When you when you stretch, you're breaking down your muscle fibers. And gradually as you hopefully you hydrate and you're eating well, um but as you as you recover, those those muscle fibers are not only going to grow back stronger, but also more elastic. That elasticity will only last as long as you stay hydrated. It'll so, elast as long. But as yeah, you're yoga, hydrated. yoga's free. You can look that up. Uh, origami, you can get a piece of paper and make some cool stuff. At 
You know what else I I really enjoy though, um, which I actually have not partaken. But have Parker's you seen those a, like Parker's, give a, Parker's a fantastic carpenter, by the way. He's a fantastic woodworker. I just want to put that out there. He's fantastic. Thanks. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, man, but you're freaking fantastic. Thanks, man. Uh, you know, I've I've been seeing a lot of those give a book, take a book things. Have you seen those? The Reading, little yeah. the little libraries, man. Take yeah. Everybody has a cell phone. Read a book. I mean, how you don't many even people? need a cell phone. Actually, I did. Uh, I think your a lot of public libraries now have audio books that you can get for free online. Uh, my mom was telling me about that. She uh, renewed her library subscription or whatever and got it on her phone. She's just got a ton. I was like flicking through them one day. That she's got a ton of free audio books that you can just listen to. So even if you don't like reading, you can listen. You're listening to us, so <laughs> we're free on Spotify and YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, so before before we did the intro, we were talking about kind of the and we are both. I don't want to say we because Parker is much more educated than I am. That's not but necessarily true. I would say it's true, literally. Um, but I would say that I'm a layman as far as economics and. And the housing market and stuff. But we were talking about essentially the transfer of wealth that's going to occur when the uh, baby boomer generation comes to its climax, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, uh, the that, next, that's the nicest way I can put it, I guess. Next 10, 20, 30 years, we're going to see a huge transfer of wealth that, and man. property that yeah. is going to uh, occur. So, I mean, even looking at the, the house that I purchased um, was owned by a man and his wife for 20 years they passed away their son got it fixed it up and sold it and that's where i got my house so i mean that's what that's the future of the housing market and that's the future of i think our nation like not necessarily our nation but i just think that's what's going what we're going to see a lot more of here in the future so well i think it's going to be i think people are going to realize after this is over that cities are fantastic i love louisville but Louisville, whenever you have so many people, like in such a small space, I feel like inevitably there is going to be not necessarily conflict at all. Because I think an intermingling of people and cultures is good for everyone. It leads to better understanding of the world. It leads to better cooperation. And I think everyone should explore different cultures, ideas, and peoples. But when... You live in a 500-square-foot apartment or a 600-square-foot apartment, and you can hear what your neighbors are doing through the wall, or if you can't walk through the street without being accosted by somebody, you know, it's an uncomfortable environment in some cases. So I feel like in the future, we're going to see much more expansion. Cities are going to be bigger, but all these forests we drive by on the highways they're going to be chopped down eventually for more houses the houses and apartments that we're living in right now these parts of town are just going to get bigger and more expensive and especially and they're just going to expand out further and yep. um how how is that going to affect the market how i i just hope that people of our generation can afford to move out and get their own land, get their own house, get their, develop their own equity, you know, like uh, build, get, be able to have a home that they can say that they raised their children in and that they can feel confident that they can leave to future generations. I hope that people our age can be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, I see a lot more people 
I mean, I'm a lot more on social media than you are, but I see a lot of people in our, um, from our high school class buying houses right now. That's awesome. I've seen several in the past few weeks just purchase a home. I feel maybe I'm an outlier then because I've been living in an apartment for the past. No, I mean, there's a lot of people that still live either at home or in apartments or whatever. So it's, you know, there's, there's no, uh, there's no set speed that anything's supposed to happen, whether you're 30 or 20 when you buy your first house. I know there's people out there that buy houses before they're even 20, I bet. And yeah, there is no, it's not a, it's not a marathon. Yeah. It really isn't. Life no. is not a marathon, man. Speaking of uh successful being young people, uh, like I want yourself. Well, like, like yourself as like well. Like yourself. Nah, man. Like you. yourself, man. That, no, man. Look at this place. Look at you. You're better than me. Anyways, go on. No, no. But Avril Lavigne, man. She, uh... So when I was a wee child, playing on my GameCube and my Nintendo 64, I loved Avril Lavigne. The album Let Go came out in 2002 and was like life-changing, right? Yeah. Uh, and so this last week, I don't know what happened. One day I just like was like, man, Avril Lavigne. I've been like jamming to her all week. And then yesterday I was like watching live videos of Avril Lavigne back in the day and stuff. And I know that sounds super lame, but she was a pretty cool person. And she got discovered very young. Like she was from Canada. Uh, a lot of great musicians from Canada. And she, um, she played like cover songs of country music artists and stuff. And like, Somebody saw her and was like, you. Uh, she actually like won like a radio show and played with uh, Shania Twain or like performed at like a Shania Twain concert or something like that. But yeah, she ended up getting uh, discovered. She was doing Garth Brooks covers and stuff at somewhere in Canada and Ontario. And somebody saw her and was like, hey, you should come to New York. And she went to New York. And yeah, next thing you That's know, awesome. at like a super young age, she's extremely famous i mean her her albums were hitting number one in like multiple countries so i i don't know avril lavigne that well mm-hmm. and when you brought when you started talking about her songs and i was like uh what was the what was the song that you brought up that i was like oh yeah i know that song. girlfriend that song is like hey hey, hey, hey you, you, I like yeah that yeah. one's that one's a little bit on her i consider it newer but the her first album i think her debut album or whatever let go was the album that really like i listened to mm-hmm. i don't really know much after that but yeah that that was probably her most famous or one of her more famous songs obviously you knew it there's skater boy there's a bunch of good artists that have hits after their initial album that mm-hmm. their first album was their best like for example uh uh pearl jam their pearl jam's first album 10 undeniably their best album yeah but they had a bunch of hits after that it's just you know nobody listens to well not nobody but there's not a lot of people that want to go back in pearl jam's catalog and listen to like what what's that one album with the goat on the cover it's the one with uh letterman oh i don't know man can't find a better man did you just say letterman you said letterman though Oh, sorry, Letterman. Better man. I Better was thinking Dev- David Letterman for absolutely no reason. Um, I also <laughs> sometimes just—I no also sometimes just think of David Letterman. 
Netflix news. <laughs> so, uh, dude, new season of Great Pretenders out. I don't know what the Great Pretender is. Oh man! So what's hilarious is a coworker brought it up at work, and he was like, "Oh man, the Great Pretender was good." And this is a guy that I never would have thought would have watched anime. Really? And um, honestly, I kind of liken it to Cowboy Bebop in a, in like its tempo and yeah. its music and its it is character development as well. And it's got a great color palette. Everything, even the water, the water isn't just blue. The water is like a rainbow kind of shine. The, the wall, like it's got a great color palette. It's super unique. Soundtrack is great. There's a Freddie Mercury song at the end of each episode. It's like, and I think it's called The Great Pretender too. The song is. Yeah. Uh, much like Cowboy Bebop, it starts off with this entourage of characters that you're like, wow, these guys are interesting. You have this sophisticated, educated British woman. And then there's also this blonde Frenchman that speaks a bunch of different languages that's also like a street hoodlum at heart. And then there's a, there's an, uh, Middle Eastern girl that was a Kurdish fighter and she's actually a secret badass and she, and she looks like she's just like a plain old ordinary girl, but she can, I mean, she, she's deadly. Is this, is this the show about the con man? Yeah. Okay. I, I've actually seen this and thought about starting it. Because oh, it's, yeah. it's always recommended to me on Netflix, yeah, and I yeah. haven't watched it, so I'll have to check it out. It's great, man. It's great. You'd like it a lot, because not only are they put in circumstances where you're like, there's no way. There's no way they can get out of this. There's no way. But they somehow do. So it kind of gives it a little weight to each episode. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like a Scooby-Doo, like, every week is a new monster, and we have to solve the mystery. Yeah. Every, uh, there's like a few episode arc and that episode arc is they're trying to con some people and then they eventually do, but sometimes there's some kind of consequence and the main character is a Japanese kid that his dad was busted for human trafficking. Yeah. So he kind of feels like this, 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 uh, loathing towards authority as well as trying to be a better person but he's just a naturally good con man and it's the only way he can know of to make money so even though he cons people out of their money he also tries to do the right thing every time so every decision that they make which does make them a bunch of money it also weighs on his conscience more and more and you really see that come to fruition in the second season Second season is great. Um, you know what that kind of reminds me of, though? Like, in terms of pattern or structure? Uh, One Punch Man. The first season, every, like, episode or two or three or whatever, was, like, a new little, like, mini arc, almost. Like, something else was happening, or it was a new villain, whatever. And then it all ended with, like, one really, like, huge... Um, Climax. Climax, or like one really huge, huge I conflict. Mean, huge one huge conflict. Yeah, it was yeah. a resolution. You yeah, could say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of all the, uh, Not necessarily <clears throat> all the characters, because there were, there were a lot of other um, storylines that you could explore, and that, that, that were explored. Yeah, but, but the second season of One Punch Man really was one arc. It was one story, one thing happened. It took forever. Like, it felt right. so much slower paced because of that. Uh, because that first season was so... Every other episode, you were getting that satisfying, like, ah, okay, that one's done. All right, next thing. It was so 
again, just satisfying to watch that first season. And then I felt like the second season was so slow. Like I felt like they took it like a huge step back and it was because they had to create that character development and things that are almost difficult to make or like just a build up for future events of the show. I mean, the show has to have some sort of plot. And if you just do small arcs, it's kind of hard right. to keep the plot. So the the second season, would you say it was better or worse than the first season? And we're talking about One Punch Man, not Great Pretender. I since you haven't seen Great Pretender, and I'd recommend watching it all. Dude, Great Pretender so good. But One Punch Man, definitely one of the best seasons of anime ever. Was, was the, the first first season. season of One Punch Man? Yeah, I I would say the first season was better, but it also makes sense why they had to make the second season the way they did. A, I also know that they changed uh studios for the second season. So the art style you notice was a little bit different. I mean in my opinion at least it was it was and there was a lot less goofiness to it. I think there were a couple studios potentially. I might be wrong there but yeah. So I mean I think the first season was definitely better. I think in terms of enjoyment of watch, first season was much better, was fantastic, kept you engaged. I think the second season was a necessary evil to build plot for mm-hmm. the show. I mean it's a lot of shows start out, I mean, if you're not going to keep it a short show like Cowboy Bebop, like a 26-episode show where you you're have a start... a complete story. Yeah, they like, I, and I love that concept of, like, a 26-episode show, and there's two, I mean, they were done by the same person, Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo, both of which... For 26 episodes. So you had to think through every episode. Every episode, you had to think, what is this going to contribute to the show? And then at the end, you were done. You didn't have filler. You didn't have, oh, I'm just going to take up some time to take up your time. I'm not going to prolong this fight scene to prolong this fight scene. Things happen, and then it was done. You're right. And and, and we talked about this um, before. One Piece is great about that as well. No fill, No filler. And matter of fact, I would say a lot of shows nowadays have realized that. Like, oh, we even anime, even anime doesn't have a lot of. But you have shows like Naruto that have a, but they're older, too. an obscene amount of filler. But even like new episodes of like Boruto or whatever it is. I mean, I haven't watched a lot of it, but I would imagine it's probably got some filler to it. Like maybe not to the extent that Naruto had. But yeah, it is. It's better when there is a concise storyline. When there's when, like you said, everything, every aspect of every story that you tell, whether it is a filler episode, quote unquote, it should contribute to the storyline. Otherwise, it's just another Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, it's another Scooby Doo. Every yeah. episode is just another little thing. Um, speaking of. You know, contributing to stories, though, did you see that Disney has announced a lot of new series that they're going to be releasing on Disney Plus in the next couple of years that are going to expand on Star Wars? I didn't know about that until you told me earlier, and I'm freaking excited about it because I love Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah. So, they have The Mandalorian, which I... I'm a very big Star Wars fan. I just don't have Disney Plus, so I haven't watched The Mandalorian at all. But I know they are they have announced 
a new series called Ahsoka, which is going to be about Ahsoka Tano, uh, Anakin's Padawan, which is cool. Uh, they've also announced a series about Obi-Wan Kenobi, which we all knew was going to happen at some point or another. With Ewan McGregor, too. With Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader. Yeah, I think he's going to come back as Darth Vader. So that's cool. Are you serious? Yeah, man. Are you serious? Hayden Christensen? You're going to have to look that up. All right. I'm I'm on the Star Wars Facebook page. Okay, while you're looking that up, Ahsoka... Ashoka, Ahsoka, Ahsoka, Ahsoka is being played by Rosario Dawson. Mm-hmm. Correct. I love Rodario, Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson. Everything that she's been in, even including just little cameos in the Marvel co- uh, Netflix series. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen this episode of Mandalorian that she's in, but. I've I've seen reviews and stuff, and I've I watched a scene from it. Heard good things. Only heard good things. Yeah, I'm excited. Ahsoka's as an awesome like, Jedi. Oh yeah. Well, she's not a Jedi technically. Anyways, and they've also announced before. Rangers of the New Republic. That's so so, cool. so you have Rangers of the New Republic. Yeah. You have Ahsoka. Yeah. You have oh sorry, there's a couple others. You have Rangers of the New Republic, Ahsoka, Kenobi. And they announced um, Visions, which this one I'm actually very excited for. So, Visions is an original series of animated short films celebrating the Star Wars galaxy through the lens of the world's best Japanese creators. That's amazing. Which is, I mean, and you know, everybody that listens to us knows that we love anime. And uh, we like a lot of really cool shows. This is going to be really interesting. And then on top of all of that, they also have another one called Willow, which Willow. So going is, back to the anime, or well, the the Japanese one. When you say, is it like going to be an anthology sort of deal? Like there is going to be a different, just based off of what you're seeing. This is the first thing I've seen. It's just a Facebook post that they made one hour ago. So this is wow. This is pretty recent. Yeah. And it says it's an original series of animated short films celebrating the Star Wars galaxy through the lens of the world's best Japanese anime creators. So, if I had to guess, and it's coming in 2021, so if I had to guess, it's probably going to be, uh, well, it says short films. So, it's just going to be a series of short films. If They may be completely unrelated to each other. It would be like, uh, what's that? Love Robots. Oh yeah, Love, Death, and Robots. Lo- Love, Death, and Robots. It's the like a David series. Fincher yeah, directed. and it's just a yeah. series of short films. Some of them For are Netflix. ten minutes, and some of them are like an hour, aren't and they? Those were fantastic. Those were great, and I think there's a season two of that coming. If it's I not, hope so, like, if it's not already out. They, but they, that was an anthology series. But my prediction would be that it is going to be different art styles, different um, storylines, different lengths. I don't think they're all going to have the structure to it that it's like it must be 52 minutes and 36 seconds i think it's just going to be a hey here's a little side story from the star wars galaxy that can expand on it the the unique thing and this is just what i noticed from the facebook posts is the all the ones that were like the ahsoka and then the one like the the rangers of the old republic those two specifically said 
that they were going to be taking place within the same time period as the Mandalorian. But we know Visions did not say anything about the time period, so it can probably be within anywhere. And then it says Hayden Christensen returns as Darth Vader joining Ewan McGregor in Obi-Wan Kenobi, the original series begins ten minutes or ten years after ten minutes after Revengeance. <laughs> exactly <laughs> ten minutes. <laughs> ten minutes after the the uh Revenge of the Sith, Obi Wan is flying toward or he's Yeah, he he hasn't even made it back to the ship yet after yeah. cutting off all the limbs of Anakin. Oh my gosh. No, uh so ten years after Revenge of the Sith. So Okay. That's I mean, interesting. We might see a ten year old little Luke. Because we know that Obi-Wan Kenobi was involved with Luke's life, was he not? Yeah, and there was a great illusion, if not straight-up confirmation, of the Jedi being involved in the Mandalorian, the the show. Matter of fact, I might I might be wrong, but there was even um, an illusion, or at least a straight-up confirmation, of Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian. Really? If I'm correct, I'm I'm just going off of stuff that I've seen on my YouTube channels. Yeah, I don't see... The problem is I haven't seen The Mandalorian. Hopefully by the next time we're recording, I'll have at least watched a little bit. My sister is not letting me use her Disney Plus. <laughs> but that might change. So, if yeah. it does, or if I find a way to watch The Mandalorian, I'll have a little bit more to talk about on the subject. But I think it's really cool that... They're doing a lot, but they were, I mean, constantly. And Star Wars has always done this. They made the first three movies, and then all of a sudden, every movie since and everything they've made since, every animated short, everything has expanded on the universe. And that's what they're doing, is they're continuously expanding on what the Star Wars universe is. The prequels expanded on the story. They expanded on the universe. I hope they do it in a respectful way. Because my personal opinion is the newest movies have not been very respectful to the canon of the original Star Wars. And that could be the trilogy, that can be the legacy novels, because now they're considered legacy, the legacy canon. And I love the Star Wars books. But yeah, as long as they're respectful to the canon, I and they expand on the universe. You don't have to tell a story that we've already heard before. Yeah. You can you can like you said just expand on the universe. Tell a different story perhaps through a different perspective. And I mean especially in the Mandalorian you've seen so many interesting characters at least in the first season that you can just expand upon. And I've I haven't watched it, you haven't watched it from what I've heard and what I've seen, you can do the same thing there. And, and Baby Yoda's adorable oh yeah uh ragu whatever that's his name I yeah think something like that grogan or something like that um but there, there is a ripe opportunity to make something really really cool to uh to expand upon star wars universe yeah. because it's huge it's huge it goes back thousands of well years. and and I haven't watched it, but I've heard the Clone Wars series oh did a lot gosh. of that. It, I mean, yes. Ahsoka in, as just one character. I mean, yeah. she developed from, and I again, I haven't watched all of it, but I've read a lot about it. I've watched videos on it. She developed from being a Padawan to a full-blown, I don't know if she ever made it a full-blown Jedi, but then she ended up kind of going her own way. 
And that's why I would say uh, Ahsoka, and I don't want to uh, misidentify her because she can identify with whomever she wants, but I would say that she would be leaning more towards a Grey Jedi, because a Grey Jedi, (laughs) not to get too nerdy, but kind of like the the philosophies of Mace Windu and early Ben Kenobi, uh, Obi-Wan, they explored the at least in fighting they would literally their lightsaber combat literally entailed exploiting their dark side side well using that in combat the lightsaber colors that you have are yeah they correlate correlated with your and that that is relative though because one of the one of the contractual agreements that Samuel L. Jackson had to be Mace Windu in the in the prequels was he needed to have a purple lightsaber. Now, that being said, that was well incorporated into the canon. They were like, oh, well, because Mace fights a certain way, this is why he has this light style or lightsaber style. Yeah. And that was even alluded to in Ben Kenobi, at least from the books that I've read. I'm, I'm Well, and Ahsoka her. has the white lightsabers, which she gets she because two of them. she has two. Well, A, Ahsoka just fights. Like, just like uh, Leia in some of the novels. After, after the movies, after the original movies, Princess Leia has two gold lightsabers. But that's just in certain stories. Um, and I don't think that's canon anymore. Well, the gold lightsabers were supposed to be the keep, like the knowledge keepers or whatever. I don't know. Anyways, the white lightsabers were red lightsabers that she like purified, essentially. So that's the idea behind the white lightsabers. They were at one, at one point, which your red lightsaber is a lightsaber that you bled the kyber crystal or whatever. And that's why it's red. And then I guess you purify it and it turns white. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know enough about the Star Wars canon, so we might want to cut that out. But the Clone Wars were really cool, though. They if if the if the Disney stuff is anything close to the Clone Wars, uh, the, the Clone. Don't get me wrong. There was some stuff in the Clone Wars that were a little cheesy, a little childish. But I mean, it was a kids' show on Cartoon Network. Yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong. The existential nature of Star Wars is one that caters to. A child mentality. And I, I know that sounds terrible to say because there are so many fans of Star Wars through so many different age range, age ranges and cultures, what have you. But the initial idea of Star Wars, and to this day still, is oriented towards kids. Yeah. Well, I mean, you still have... But you then you have, like, Rogue One, which... Rogue One is my... F- I don't want to say my favorite Star Wars movie, but it's, it's up in there. the top three. Yeah, I mean, Rogue One is, is a perfect example of expansion upon the universe. It's a, it expanded on the universe. It even kind of took it to the dark twist of it. And like, I don't know if I think you told me this, but at one point they had to dar- like they had it so dark that they had to like cut things from the movie because they were like, "Hey, this is too dark." Yeah, there were there were controversial reshoots. <clears throat> During that movie, matter of fact, there there are always reshoots contro- and controversy around Star Wars movies, at least the new ones. Yeah, um, but this one was supposedly reshot and recut to make it uh, a little more appealing. That's what I've seen. That I that might be pure conjecture. However, Star Wars, man, I love Star Wars. Big universe. 
exciting stuff. 2021 and 2022 are going to be big years. I'm so. excited for that animated series, man. That sounds fantastic. That, and the fact that they, they brought in Japanese anime creators. I mean, anime directors are notorious for being awesome. Hence all the great TV shows and movies that we see. There's been... I, I would venture to say that uh, Japanese art is some of the more original forms of expression, especially in the contemporary age. I mean, I told you I watched Perfect Blue last week, man. Fantastic movie. Mind-blowing. And how old is that again? So, Perfect Blue is a psychological thriller anime. It actually originally was going to be a live-action movie, but a lot of people pulled out of it. It was actually a novel, too. So, let's see, it's an hour and a half movie. It was released in 1997. But it was a fantastic movie, very, like, artistic, I guess is just the best way to put it. But it, it was the guy's first movie, too. And it was so great. I mean, it, they did a, an amazing job. I mean, it's a almost a 20-year-old movie. Or, I guess, <laughs> we cut that. <laughs> it's a 23-year-old movie. We're almost 20, man. It was a 23-year-old movie. I mean... What? Hold up. There, But, like, look at the studio Ghibli, Ghibli, whatever. I don't know. The Ghibli? Pr- I Ghibli. think it's Ghibli. Ghibli sounds I, more fun to say anyways. I think Ghibli sounds better, but oh, Ghibli okay. is definitely more fun to say. So, anyways, like, the studio Ghibli movies are amazing pieces of art and they all are very cool and unique and stuff and this is kind of similar and the guy i mean it was the guy's first movie and i think he went on to make a lot more amazing movies afterwards but uh i don't know i mean there's there's something to be said about the artwork that is anime or just japanese movies in general it's true so as we're recording or um Right before we started recording, I got a notification on my phone that said that the FDA approved the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. Woo-hoo. So, so that I'm just reading an article off The Guardian. FDA expected approval will allow millions of doses to be shipped. Da, 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 da. Yeah, so that's big news. That, that is, is that huge. Is huge news. That's huge news. That's I mean, huge we've been in this news. pandemic since March. I mean, us. I mean, I, I, th- I think other people have been in it since before March. January, February. I don't know when it really hit, technically, but yeah, that's huge. That's huge, man. And that's going to be good for our country because it's going to allow more places to open for more jobs. Not only that, but it's going to allow people to leave their, leave their homes with a a, a better peace of mind and people can finally start i mean dude there's people in my life that i haven't seen since before march because that's crazy because it, it it's just not safe to yeah. i mean it's not and it's not saying that it's a dangerous thing and i'm gonna go die if i see them but that's just how it is i mean i've got friends that are Healthcare workers or friends that travel a lot for work that I haven't gotten to see because. Yeah, I mean, even it's just, even yeah. if you don't feel the direct consequences of this virus, everybody feels the indirect. And um, and yeah, no, the vaccine's cool, man. I, I just hope that leads to better and brighter things in the future. Hopefully, hopefully we're rearing the end of this, man. It's been a long time. It's been tiresome. I don't know. A lot of people are 
feeling it now, especially as the holidays are coming up, man. Yeah, the longer it goes on, the worse it's just going to get, you know. But anyways. Anyways, that uh, wraps up another episode of Mind Your P's and Q's. Thanks again for joining us, everybody, uh, while we talk about the world, culture, and everything in between. Yeah, thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Peace, love, everybody. Please be safe. We love you all, all of our listeners, and um, just... Stay, stay bright. Stay, stay golden, pony boy. Love you guys. Pony boys and girls. Yes. And people, pony people. Stay golden, pony people. Tune in next week where we have our surprise guest, George Lucas. He's going to tell us about all of the secret Star Wars scripts that he has never told anybody about. Yeah, George Lopez is going to be joining us, and it's going to be probably one of the most exciting episodes on Mind Your P's and Q's. Yeah, George so. Lopez is actually the stepbrother of George Lucas. They share the same first name, and they married the same cousin. So that's how that part <laughs> is like, oh my Did you know that George Lopez, the show, actually took place in the Star Wars universe? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That is now canon. That is a thing now. <laughs> But hey, thanks again for tuning in, folks. Please stay safe. Uh, We love you all. Mind your P's and Q's, please. Yeah, don't forget to mind your P's and Q's, guys. Love you all. Stay safe. George Lopez took place in the Star Wars universe, man. That's just how it is.